Ahoy hoy, podcast fans. Welcome to another Probably Bad Podcast. With thanks to our patrons, especially Scribbles and Carlo. Let's slam dunk the funk. Hello, welcome to the Probably Bad Podcast, a podcast which is definitely bad. I'm Pencil. I'm Paper. And today's Probably Bad RPG idea is... Rather than being metaphorical or given selective information, divination spells are kept from being overly powerful by only giving information in the form of nigh-incomprehensible corporate jargon. I, I like this one. The Force of Darkness are going to maximise their audience potential, which here means they're going to turn everyone into zombies. The prophecy will be actualized. A great and terrible evil will be implemented on a case-by-case basis. I, I like on a case-by-case basis because that implies that whatever like malevolent force is going around people individually and deciding whether to curse them or not. Yeah, please send in your application for being cursed by the Prince of Darkness within the next two to five working days. This is what it's like living in the UK. <laughs> I mean, I was just thinking it would be quite funny, like, the the way that you enslave the populace but keep the nobles happy is by means-testing the curse. Like, if you, you must, don't... You must make at least 8,000 gold per year to avoid the curse. I like this very socially conscious curse, you know. It's not going to curse poor people. No, I think you misheard me. It's only going to curse poor people. Fuck. That's there why a... it's means tested. These are the two curses they're going to fight. Yeah. Curse of destroy rich people versus curse of destroy poor people fight. Again, I think that's what it's like living in the UK. Um, yeah. Um, I... But yeah, I, I like... I like this idea because I think it can be quite hard sometimes to come up with a sufficiently like hard to understand but still figure outable kind of prophecy for characters. Like it's honestly a big part of why I dislike dealing with divination wizards, that and free will. <laughs> free will <laughs> is the cause of many of my problems too. You you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's a, there's only so specific you can be. But I I think this is a good solution is to just say very straightforward things in as roundabout a way as possible. Yeah, I mean, like I feel like there's a lot of variants you can like do with making it abstract, like or making not abstract, make it hard to get a like. Making it so it's not immediately, and your character's going to stab the big bad. Sorry, that's that's the case now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're like the the divination is just massively hedging its bets. You will defeat the big bad unless someone else does, or unless you decide not to. Party of the first part will defeat the party of the second part. However, <laughs> the party of the second part may become the party of the first part under the following conditions. Prophecy just gives you a... Like, prophecy in the form of a contract has an annoying amount of mythical resonance. It does. 
he must he must complete the hero's journey within three working days. Or else your prophecy will be void. I like I also like this prophecy that's a threat. You're going to defeat the big bad in three days if you know what's good for you. Yeah. To be fair, what's good for you is no longer having the big bad around. Yeah. Oedipus is going to kill his dad and marry his mum, and I'm going to make fucking sure of it. <laughs> fucking sure. Um, hey. But yeah, so the idea that this gives me is some sort of like urban fantasy setting where you've got like various private companies that hire mystics mm. and employ them to write just incredibly corporate almanacs. Like you've got a mystic who prophesizes what how this uh, product is going to be received, and then you need to like make it so it's less. Everyone's gonna hate it, and they're gonna burn down your stores too. It's going to uh, motivate the player base and encourage <laughs> unprecedented interaction between creator and consumer. Clairvoyant market research is what you're describing. Yeah, and I love it. But I, I do think phrasing things like that does fit a lot of sort of oracular traditions. Like shit, like the Oracle of Delphi being like, mm. a mighty empire will fall. Is it going to be you or the other guy? I don't know. I'm not going to tell you. A mighty empire will fall, I say, launching rockets at random government buildings. <laughs> like anyone can tell the future if they're dedicated enough. What point between extrapolating based on current knowledge and prophecy? Like, if if you had to show that it was one rather than the other. Yeah, like, I guess... I, I, I like to say there's a prophet who's just the one smart person in the party. I prophesize that you shouldn't run face-first through that door, dipshit. It's like the whole, oh, The Simpsons has predicted this thing, when they're mostly just extrapolating to the extreme, and then that ends up happening. Mm. I think what I'm saying is, in this sort of corporate psychic world, it's sci-fi writers. Yeah, all sci-fi writers can tell the future. They're prophesying the Torment Nexus. Mm. I mean, a lot of companies fit my... I'm going to make this prophecy come true when it regards the Torment Nexus. Yeah. But just if we get 10,000 patrons, we will make the Torment Nexus. I think it might take more than that, but I admire your panache. We will make two Torment Nexuses and have them fight. Oh. Put them in the Torment Nexus Nexus. The only thing that can stop a good guy with a torment nexus. Um, I think corporate jargon. Yeah, I feel the difference between prophecy and like prediction is I feel prophecy is like more set in stone. Like, if I predict you're going to kill your dad and marry your mum, I'm just making a weird indictment on your character. Whereas if I prophesize it, then I have in some way said that is going to happen. Which does mean that, like, 
you like I feel like there's definitely a lot of like potential for scamming. I mean, there always has been with prophecy. Are you are you suggesting that not all prophets are one hundred percent accurate? I'm suggesting maybe Nostradamus wouldn't have had such a good time in the French court if he'd gone, oh yeah, your son's gonna die before he has any kids, by the way. I, I like this really depressing prophet who wanders in, points at someone and goes, yeah, all your dreams are gonna fail, and then just turns around and leaves. Um, but yeah, the corporate jargon thing. I just my brain keeps extrapolating this to other like urban fantasy premises, mm. like the idea of magic items that come with incredibly complicated user manuals, but only in like infernal. Like you open a treasure chest and in it is a bunch of random items and an IKEA instruction guide for assembling a rod of infinite power. <laughs> Unfortunately, the power crystal is sold separately. Mm. Yeah, like all magic, like magical items have inbuilt obsolescence. The arcane power of the elemental realms is going to slowly fade over time, and you will need to buy a new one. I definitely think there's like sirens and succubuses and sort of similar creatures are going to be very active on social media in the form of jargon speech. They're influencers. Yeah. I feel like some of them are influencers, but others are like, you know, I'm willing to implement an unprecedented con consumer interaction opportunity if you go to this dark cave and tell no one where you went. I, I need you to know I'm just imagining LinkedIn sirens. Yeah. This is, this is beautiful. There is there is a great new job opportunity in these dark woods um, that no one's ever come back from. The interview takes place at the crossroads at midnight. Don't bring any silver. The only thing is, like, I feel like the job market is bad enough these pe that you probably still get a lot of, like, applicants. That's you, that means they can feed more. Yeah, either I get a job or I don't need to worry about job searching anymore. <laughs> but I, I, I feel like in this world you would have, I guess you'd call them like corpomancers or something, whose entire thing is they can figure out what the corporate jargon actually means. Corpomancer is like the dweebiest possible class. My warlock patron is capitalism. It's just a magical contract lawyer. <laughs> my warlock, my warlock patron is Wendy. As as in the Burger Girl. As in the Burger Girl. <laughs> Please don't every, make me play Feast of Legends again. <laughs> every time she claps back on social media, I get an extra Eldritch Blast. <laughs> Hi, I'm Hazel. And I'm Liz. And we are two friends who studied archaeology together and who make a podcast about food and domestic history. It's called Bread and Thread. And so if you would like to know all about 
ancient sheep breeds and how to make them pay, where apples come from, really, in the beginning, or if you'd like the Virgin Mary's recipe for spinach, then look up Bread and Thread on wherever you get your podcasts and learn all these and more fun and interesting historical facts framed as a relaxed chat between two nerdy best friends. I, I think once Wendy's comes up, it's time to move on to questions. There she clapped back at us with her corporate answers. Yeah. Uh, our first question is anonymous. Do you have any probably bad alternatives to cyberpsychosis? Well, I won't lie, cyberpsychosis isn't a great concept to begin with. Want to explain it for people that might not be familiar with the system. Okay, so in Cyberpunk 2077, and to be fair, they did sort of retcon this, but originally it was just that if you had too many cybernetic implants, you lost all your humanity and turned evil and crazy. Uh, it's now been implemented, to, it's now been sort of retconned that it's a result of putting in poorly made cybernetic implants and the whole crazy and evil thing was a cover-up by corporations to hide the fact that they were selling shitty cop shitty implants. But I mean, it's still not great, mostly because it still has the thing that we really hate about a lot of games, which is the concept of quantifiable mental illness. Hmm. And quantifiable humanity. Yeah. It's not a fun combo. So what What's worse than that, I think, is what we're being asked. Or at least equally bad, but fun. What I think you should do is, if you have too many cybernetic implants, you lose your humanity in the sense you become a random woodland creature. Like, you know, literally you lose your humanity, you are now a badger. Oh no, I accidentally got a gnome chip installed. Now all I want to do is pick mushrooms. <laughs> If you get, I think we're going into Shadowrun, but like, yeah, if you get too much cybernetic implant, you now live in the woods and do a little dance and give riddles to passersby in exchange for their souls. That's what happened to Rumpelstiltskin. I I do think that's a fun idea, like, me, like still measuring humanity, but in terms of like compared to other species, as opposed to just compared to evil. Yeah, like you know. Like you're going, like you know, you're putting like you know someone's cybernetic like hand on, and then as soon as it connects, boom, they have turned into a bird, and they are flying around the surgery shooting lasers with their little robot hand. So you say the bird still has the robot hand? Yeah, like they still have the side. Like if you take the cybernetic hand off, it turns back into a human. So my question is this. You need to get more than one implant in order to reach this point. Yeah. So does it have to be the last one that's removed? That or, is... can, or can I, like, if I replace, like, my legs and then my hand and, I don't know, get laser vision, can I maybe switch back to regular legs and then keep my hand and laser vision, even if it, the hand is the last one that got put on? I think so, because I think it's the amount of cybernetics you have that, like, cause you to turn into a cat. So if you remove some, then yeah. 
like this setting doesn't have like so it's common so there's this common setting for cyberpunk that natural animals have gone extinct and i feel this works very well animals don't exist they're all just humans who got like too many cybernetic implants and became a horse i guess my follow-up question is do the implants change shape as well or like if i get cybernetic legs and as a result i'm turned into a lizard do i have cybernetic lizard legs or am i a lizard with cybernetic human legs i think i think you're a lizard with cybernetic human legs like you're just walking around on your big human legs like sometimes you go and you just find a rabbit except it's one of its little forearms is just a fully functional grenade launcher And now all I'm picturing is a campaign where your job is to go and find these people and turn them back, or possibly just set them up in a little animal rescue. Yeah, you can... Yeah, I like the idea of just, like, you're being mauled by a bear, but as you're being mauled, its cybernetic, like, hat falls off, and now it's just a guy, and it's really awkward. But then he just keeps mauling you anyway instead of trying to start a, instead of having to start a conversation. So I'm halfway through, sorry. <laughs> just bends down, puts his little cyber hat back on, continues mauling. I love the idea of a cyber hat in I don't know how this is in any way beneficial over a standard hat. You're the one that brought up the cyber hat. It also implies that the cyber hat is installed in this person in some way in order yeah. for it to contribute to losing Like it humanity. has, so it's like a hat, and it has like a little thing in it that lifts it up to jauntily tip it at passers-by. But because I'm now a bear, it's just this bear is molding you because its hat continuously jauntily tips to you. So is, is it the hand part that's actually installed then? Yeah. Okay. Because otherwise it would have just been silly. <laughs> Heaven forbid we say anything comedic on this extremely serious podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like, you know, shedding your humanity is it's this big horror thing that, like, you know, lots of things aren't human. Most things aren't human, really. Yeah. Like, I'm I am. The only human thing in this room right now. Yeah, I implant a cybernetic implant into myself and I become an end table. Ah, you are the occasional table. <laughs> That's why it's called an occasional table, because it's only there when it has the robot arm on it. <laughs> like, you know, really, you should shed your humanity more often. You're sort of limiting your potential by staying human all the time. I think this is the premise of several new age therapy techniques. <laughs> I think it's also the premise of several cults. Um... Yeah, there's a lot of overlap there. Uh, I'm just imagining primal scream therapy, except instead of screaming, you temporarily implant a rage chip and just go and, like, eat a tree or something. I've implemented my go-absolutely-feral subroutine. <laughs> I mean, I guess, like, in this situation, you could be like, yeah, I just have, like, an easily removable and re-implantable, like, cybernetic thumb or something. Very so often, if life gets too much, I take it off, turn into a badger... If you see me running around as a badger, please put my thumb back on. 
I do feel like you're risking a Tobias Animorph situation where you mm. implant the, the the cybernetic thumb and decide that you just you like life better as a badger. You didn't have a lot going for you, and now people want you to turn back, and it just isn't going to happen. So we've got a new mission where you're trying to track down this like horse to um, remove its cybernetic like lasers. And the horse does not want this because the horse knows if you remove its cybernetic lasers, it is going to go have to get a mortgage. Also, why would you not want to be a laser horse? Yeah. You know, you can either spend your time filling in data entry forms or be a laser horse. <laughs> this is the real problem with cyberpsychosis is it means more and more people are just going, you know what? I could just be a snake. What if the people with cyberpsychosis aren't actually mentally ill? They've just realised the objective truth that it would be better to be a laser horse. Yeah. You know, that's the, that's the medieval hierarchy of life. Plants, animals, humans, gods, laser horse. Yeah. I mean, if you showed a medieval human a laser horse, they'd lose their shit. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd lose my shit if you show me a laser horse, to be honest. <laughs> and you know what lasers are. Yeah, and horses. Unlike the average medieval peasant. The average medieval peasant has never seen a horse in its life. Yeah. Um, back in okay, or... Yeah, back in medieval times, they didn't even have horses. They just had to have, like, little carts that they pulled while making whinnying noises. Have you been watching Monty Python and the Holy Grail? The most historically accurate documentary. <laughs> in the, in the third edition, no one knew what horses were. Animal identification DCs depended on the size of the animal, which means the average person didn't know what a horse was. That's amazing. Like Wait, dragons are even bigger. Yeah. Um yeah, no one knew what any like fifty percent of humans wouldn't pass a skill check to know what a human is. That's amazing. Um so yeah, assuming that medieval history was exactly like D and D third edition and Monty Python and the Holy Grail, uh laser horses would rapidly take over medieval Europe. Uh, I hope that answers your question. Our second <laughs> question is also anonymous and has been shortened. My new character, a warlock named V, who has high charisma and sold her soul to her god Mo Modsidith for riches and a solid career when she's living in her parents' basement, yada yada. V, Tubia calls party chat and gods mods. Anyway, please, I need suggestions on Modsidith should be the god of that won't raise suspicions in my party. On the basis that it will never come up. Because if you're playing D&D, video games don't exist. So they're just the god of this art form that you've never heard of before, but the god seemed cool. I mean, like, you know, if you want, like, things that will never come up, like, they're the god of sensible decisions. Uh... <laughs> Non-tragic backstories. They're the god of cishets, um, all five of them that still exist in the average D&D session setting. Yeah, I feel like you either want something really obscure, so it's like, yeah, I'm the god of bowler hats, or 
god of laser horses. My my first actual suggestion, based on like how VTubers work, would be like puppetry or something like that. Yeah, like the god of marionettes. Yeah, I guess like because VTubers are basically just high tech puppets, right? Yeah. Like god I mean god of AI generated content is certainly an idea. What does AI mean? No one in this world knows. <laughs> that a god of AI they're generated it some sort of higher god. That a god of AI generated content and they're trying desperately to get someone to invent chat GTP. Yeah, I guess actually yeah, just straight up god of VTubing. Um no, that doesn't exist in setting, but, you know, try telling them that. I think the problem I'm having is, like, a lot of the ones that are like, well, this thing doesn't exist in the world means the players will still figure it out. Hmm. So I'm trying to think of anything other than poetry that would work, like, for out-of-character knowledge. Like, I mean... But also the god of puppets has so much creepy potential. Yeah, I guess god of fame or god of, like, social facades or something, but I do like puppets. Occasionally appears in the guise of a small felt frog, for unknown reasons. Yeah, just throw it off the trail by having it be straight up Kermit. It's also where Jim Henson's hand goes. Like, you throw people. I'm embarrassed. You can throw people off a lot of trails by just, like, having your character be Kermit. Yeah. And, and then, like, in dramatic reveal, you pull the Kermit frog off, and underneath it is whoever they really were. Like, haha, you never expected that Kermit the frog would be me. Murder Steve. I'm just imagining like a hand puppet VTuber, and I think that would be so good actually. Yeah, um, if any of you want to make millions, there's an idea from us. It's like if they had dolls. Mm -hmm. Then you know, you could just always have a doll around you, which I'm sure everybody wants in this game. And you communicate through it. Yeah. I mean, this does seem to be being done online, so you could. Like, just offhandly reveal that you've been a puppet this whole time. And, you know, what are they going to do? It's on voice chat. How can they prove you wrong? Wait, where does it say it's being done online? Um, it says they call party chat. Oh, no, wait, it might be... Refer to the party as chat, I think. Oh. Oh, no. Don't tell everyone you're a haunted puppet. They might not fall for it. <laughs> what if they've gone off to, like, do that without listening to the rest of this episode? Then that's their problem. I mean, I guess, to be fair, maybe you are a haunted puppet. It's not specified. I mean, is that not just what a Warforged is? Is just a big, scary, haunted doll? Yeah. If you put too many cybernetic implants in, you become a haunted puppet and can play this fun game with your D&D group. <laughs> As opposed to a really boring game you're currently playing with your D&D group called D&D. &D. 
we know your feelings are dear have you tried becoming a haunted puppet and playing Numenera instead? Become a haunted puppet, lock your D&D party in a bathroom, just see what happens from there. Yeah. I feel like we're getting closer and closer to just advocating Saw. Oh, I was already there. Oh, yeah, fair point. Uh, yeah. Jigsaw your players. So we have make them the god of VTubers on the basis that their characters can't say shit. Mm. Make them the god of puppets or put them in Saw. I feel like we've gone we've got a chaotic, a neutral, and an evil solution yeah. there. Just two more alignments to go. <laughs> okay. What's the the good aligned answer? Okay, the good line answer. The only answer I can think of are more chaotic answers. Like, call from the god of the fact I'm lying to you all and setting up a plot twist to see if the players do anything. Um, I, think, I think the lawful answer is they're the god of something related to a popular VTuber. Like, there's that one that wears the little shark hoodie, right? I have so, never seen a VTuber in my life. I'm I not entirely I know, sure I what one is. I watch them, and I know there's one that has a shark hoodie, so I'm saying the lawful answer is God of Sharks. Okay. Because you could, it's like a breadcrumbs trail thing. I guess I the good... I don't know what the good answer is. I guess the good answer is just, you know, God of VTubers, um, just lay your cards on the table. But we made that the chaotic one. I feel it's chaotic if it's like I'm calling them the god of this thing because that way to see if people do anything. Whereas, actually, no, I guess the good answer would be god of the plot twist I'm about to set up. God of plot twists? Yeah. God of hidden information that's known only to one character. <laughs> I guess if you also if you address your god as the mod. Hmm. They could also be like just fully the god of law. Like yeah. they, they keep people on the straight and narrow. Personally, my favorite is Puppet because then your DM gets to do stuff with creepy puppets if you ever mm. get a message or sign from your god. Yeah. If your GM is like, you know, not doing great or busy, they can be, you can just have a puppet there instead to GM. Because the only thing required to DM is just being a physical presence. Yeah. Like, you know, it's what those new um, player-focused games. And now the players just do it themselves. A GM is just a puppet. Um, their soul was put in it after they pissed off like a witch. But we'd want to keep the game going. So we just let them sit there. And every so often the puppet falls onto a keyboard... And every time it does, it does type out, stop playing D&D &D and help me. But, you know, we've been trying to schedule this game for the past few months. This is the first time everyone's free. It did help that the GM is now a puppet. Yeah, I mean, it's probably just random chance they fell on those keys and then yeah. repeatedly on the exclamation mark. Yeah. Um... So on that note... <laughs> um, if you have a question... You could message probably bad RPG ideas on Tumblr or probably bad podcast at gmail.com. 
And if you want to give this money towards laser horse surgery, um, you can go to patreon.com slash probably bad RPG ideas. And, and we have to have a probably bad, bad day. day.